0: right, we are in a series called uh, God Loves Sex, and uh, all our visitors for the baptism this morning are going, oh my gosh, what did we get into, right? So glad you're here, though. And uh, it gets even even deeper because uh, of the God Loves Sex, we're on the last word today, sex. It's not the last in the series, but the last least word in the title, right? And so we're going to be in the Song of Solomon or Song of Songs, depending on uh, your translation. So... Uh, we're going to spend a lot of time in chapter 4 today. So that's where you want to get or you want to you know, pull out your, uh, your message notes. And uh, yes, as uh, pre-advertised today, we are going to talk about uh, sexual uh, intimacy. And uh, some may uh, question and say, oh my gosh, why in the world in church are we talking about sex? Well, there's some very good reasons for us to do that. Uh, number one is... Uh, our culture talks about it all the time, right? I mean, it has just inundated our culture. And so the reality is uh, we need to talk about it because it's facing us every single day out there. Uh, second reason is uh, our young people are equally inundated, and we know from studies that our young people are ga- engaging in sexual intimacy Uh, at younger and younger ages. Some studies have even said that young people are engaging in sexual intimacy down to the fifth grade. So we need to talk about this because it's happening and our kids need to hear, and that means parents also need to hear and be able to talk to their young people and their children about uh, about this topic, right? Uh, And the last great reason is just uh, studies repeatedly tell us that one of the major conflicts that couples have in marriage is around this issue of sexual intimacy. And uh, we know that uh, a lot of affairs happen uh, in marriages and uh, often it relates back to the conflict people have around this topic. Studies tell us that of all the topics in married life, this is one of those topics that couples somehow are just hesitant to talk about that husbands and wives are just hesitant, find it difficult to talk about sexual intimacy in their relationship. Uh, so, for all those reasons, it is absolutely vital that we talk about it uh, here. Uh, after all, remember, it was God's idea. <laughs> his idea, His gift, His design, and so we're gifted with the opportunity to understand it and to talk about it from his word and that's what we're going to do today we're going to get into the song of Solomon and just take it from his word and try to glean some some um, insights that apply into our marriages uh, as well so and let's talk about where it happens in that uh, as we get into the text we need to understand what's happened between Solomon uh, and his bride right we've we've talked the last couple of weeks about their relationship maturing, right? And how that happens. And now it is matured. And if you go into the 11th verse of the third chapter, you'll see that today for Solomon and his bride is an important day. It says, Come out to see King Solomon, young women of Jerusalem. He wears the crown his mother gave him on his what? You can say it? Wedding day. Yeah, so what's going on? Well, it's his wedding day, right? Now follow along. If it's his wedding day, what do you suppose happens at night? It means it's his honeymoon night. That's what we're going to experience, right? We see in chapter the end of chapter 3, we see the experience of his wedding day. The chariots come, they get him the procession, and they go from, uh, you know, take his bride from her hometown to Jerusalem to the palace. They get her all ready. The wedding happens. His wedding day takes place. And now... In chapter 4, we get to the experience of their wedding night. And we get the glimpse into the intimacy that Solomon and his bride, his wife, uh, experience for the first time. And so keep in mind, because that's true, this is an adult morning, okay? It's an adult morning, so uh, just be ready for that reality, okay? Okay. Now, if we're going to understand sexual intimacy from Solomon's perspective from a biblical core, we also need to understand one other biblical truth, and it can be captured in this picture. When it comes to sexual intimacy, we need to understand that this picture helps us understand Genesis when it talks about how God made men and women, right? If you go to Genesis, it says... you know, know, roughly in the beginning he made them male and female. How do you make them? Male and female, right? That means there's males and there's females. This is not just a description of our physical nature. It is also a description of our emotional nature. And when that gets applied to how we approach sexual intimacy, we approach it differently. Why? Because men are men and women are women and we're different, right? we're just simply different and so if we look at the picture and I I love how uh, down in the corner here gives us how stuff works right this is how we work I didn't plan that I just found that uh, well that is really good. thank you Holy Spirit right how stuff works. well in when it comes to sexual intimacy and we're speaking in generalities in generalities here's how stuff works men which one are you in that picture alright we all agree on that right <laughs> which basically says I'm ready right I mean flick the switch I'm ready to go it's okay got a little suggestion yes I'm up for it I'm willing right? that's kind of the way men tend to work right we're just gonna kind of like that light switch it says okay I'm good right ladies conversely of course which one are you slowly bring up the lights Right? Slowly bring up the lights of romance, right? I mean, that's, we just need to understand we are made differently. And this applies to us in not, you know, just our anatomy, but in how we approach sexual intimacy. And that's great because that's the way God made us. That's the way He made us to be able to not just literally fit together, but emotionally, spiritually, and intimately fit together. We're different, and that's part of the excitement of what it means to enjoy sexual intimacy according to God's design. Okay, so let's jump in with uh, with Solomon and uh, his bride and try to understand some of these key principles around sexual intimacy and what it means for us in our marriages. Okay, you ready? So the first thing is uh, that we're made because we're made differently. You need to see. That great sex begins beyond the bedroom, right? Guys, this one is more for you. You just need to understand your wife is a dimmer switch. Okay? It's it's you're not gonna sit in the recliner and yawn a little bit and say, "Well, guess it's time for bed." (laughs) Don't plan on anything but sleep. Okay? It doesn't work that way, right? That just she just finished doing the dishes or laundry or I mean, she's not there, right? look at what Solomon does he understands this principle with his bride so look what he does he says you are beautiful my darling beautiful beyond words now here's the irony he describes her and says you are beautiful beyond words and yet he uses words to speak to her in emotional intimacy that's the key guys our wives need emotional intimacy before they can experience physical intimacy. That's the way they're wired. They need emotional intimacy before you can even anticipate physical intimacy. He understands that. Solomon gets that. Do you remember a couple weeks ago when we looked at her words and the way she viewed herself? Do you remember that? And how did she view herself? Well, she said, geez... Don't look at me because I'm dark and my skin is weathered and I'm not beautiful. Remember that? What is Solomon doing? He speaks right into her emptiness, her emotional emptiness, and speaks to her in words that fill her up emotionally. You see that? Guys, got to get this. Our wives need emotional intimacy first. How does he do that? He does that by just describing and using words to be romantic and emotionally intimate with her. He says, your eyes are like doves behind your veil. Your hair falls in waves like a flock of goats winding down the slopes of Gilead. All the women are getting goosebumps right now. And just wait, it gets better. You ready? Your teeth... Your teeth are as white as sheep, recently shone and freshly washed. Your smile is flawless, each tooth matched with its twin. Now remember, they didn't have dentists, okay? Dental floss was not created, okay? So that's where it's going. Your lips, your lips are like scarlet ribbon. Your mouth is inviting. Your cheeks are like rosy pomegranates behind your veil. Your neck is as beautiful as the Tower of David, jeweled with shields of a thousand heroes. Your breasts are like two fawns, twin fawns of a gazelle grazing among the lilies. Do you get the gist, guys? He is romancing his wife. Before physical intimacy, Solomon understands the principle. You must enter in with your wife into emotional intimacy. What's that look like for us? Send her a text in the middle of the day and tell her how incredible she is. Pick up a rose and bring her a rose when you come home from work. You don't need 12. One will do the same thing, believe me, right? Do do those things that communicate to her beyond words how incredible she is in your life. You need to communicate to her emotionally before she can communicate with you physically. Are you with me? Ladies, am I okay on this? Yeah, I think so. Now let's go to the next point. You ready? Now we're going to go back through the same verses because there's another insight uh, in those in those verses, right? And it's great sex starts at the head, right? On a very practical level, in terms of physical intimacy, Solomon also understands the importance of romance in the physical experience of intimacy. So sex always starts in the head romance first, in the head, and it starts at the head, right? So what does he do? He starts talking about her eyes, her hair. There's the teeth again, her smile, right? He talks about her lips, her cheeks, her neck, and ultimately then her breasts. Now, notice where he started. He started by gazing into her eyes. He started by caressing her hair. Not sure what he did with her teeth, but he sure liked their smile, right? Not not sure how he did that one, but, uh, you know, he kissed her lips. He adored her cheeks. He gave her a neck rub. And then he got to verse 5. Now, there's a principle here, gentlemen. You ready? You start at verse 1, and you can't skip to verse 5. You got to go through 2, 3, and 4. Are you following my drift on this one? That's the way they're wired. So you can't just go, oh, verse 5, you look great tonight, honey, and right to verse 5. You can't do that, right? They're just not wired that way. And so when it comes to intimacy, Solomon is again reaffirming for us that emotional side of the way our wives are made. So respect that and be able to meet her needs in that arena, okay? If we go uh, further then, uh, that also means that if you're going to respect what Solomon just taught us there, it also means for both husbands and wives to understand that intimacy takes time. It takes time. If you look again at Solomon, he says, before the dawn breezes blow and the night shadows flee. So what is he talking about? Before the sun comes up, right? Right? Now, he understands he's got all night. He's got all night. Now, he wants to hurry. You can hear the desire he has. He says, before dawn breezes blow and night shadows flee, I will hurry to the mountain of myrrh, to the hill of frankincense. You're altogether beautiful, my darling, beautiful in every way. So he has this tension of wanting to hurry, and yet he knows out of love for his bride... He needs to slow down and take time. Intimacy just takes time. You need to carve it out. So what does that mean for us? Husbands and wives, if you got kids in the house, put them to bed early once a week, okay? It won't hurt them. They'll survive it. Just put them to bed early, right? When you're sitting down and going over your calendar for the week, make an intimate date. Put it on the calendar. Carve out the time. Give your marriage the time to be able to experience the intimacy, emotionally and physically, that God designed for marriage. If you want your marriage to be everything God designed it to be, you've got to follow the design. And so, carve out the time. Just carve it out. For the sake of your relationship, give yourself the time. Right? Once a week, have that date night doesn't mean you have to follow it by intimacy but somewhere in the week you gotta carve out the time make sure that every three months somewhere in every three months you go away and you have a night away somewhere together just to enjoy one another just carve out the time Solomon is reminding us intimacy just simply takes time and we should give it its time now as we give it its time we also need to understand that Uh, Great sex doesn't ignore issues in our relationships, right? There's this false concept out there in the world that somehow sex solves everything. No, it doesn't, right? Issues are issues. And for you to be able to enjoy intimacy in your marriage, you need to be able to deal with the issues. So if you're following in the fourth chapter here of the Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, it's like this interruption when you get to verse 8. So we've gone through, you know, lips and cheeks and neck rubs and making our way, right? And then all of a sudden, in verse 8, we get this. It's like out of nowhere. "'Come with me from Lebanon, my bride. Come with me from Lebanon. Come down from Mount Amana, from the peaks of Sinir and Hermon, where the lions have their dens and the leopards live among the hills.'" And you read that, you're following through this intimate flow between Solomon and his bride. And all of a sudden, we're talking about Lebanon? They're in Jerusalem. What's going on? Okay, here's the deal. As Solomon and his bride were beginning an intimate night on their honeymoon, his bride had an issue. She had an issue. And the issue was, remember where she came from she came from the hither lands out there taking care of vineyards remember and now what's happened she has left her family she has left her home she's been brought to Jerusalem she's been married now in the royal palace she's been surrounded by what it means to be Solomon's wife everything in her world has changed in a very short time and so now she has an issue her issue is well I'm in Jerusalem now but what about my family? What, what about my home? And so Solomon has to deal with the issue. And he's basically saying here, listen, uh, we'll go back to your, your people, we'll go back to your homeland, don't worry, I promise. We'll go back, we'll visit the relatives, you know, we'll have a good time back in Lebanon, I promise. So Solomon is wise enough, because that's what he was, wise guy, right? He was wise enough to deal with the issue before their intimacy could advance any further. Are you with me? You see, if you have issues going on in your relationship, in your marriage, you cannot ignore those issues because they directly affect your ability to have the intimacy God designed in your relationship. And intimacy cannot solve the issues. They won't go away. So, like Solomon, you need to take that deep breath, pause, and be able to deal with the issues make sense why is that important well because sex communicates sex is an incredible incredibly powerful communicator and ladies this one is especially true for you to understand we gave a couple for the guys this one is especially true for you to understand so if you look at Solomon they're now back to intimacy in verse 9 and it says You have captured my heart, my treasure, my bride. You hold it hostage with one glance of your eyes, with a single jewel of your necklace. Your love delights me, my treasure, my bride. Your love is better than wine, your perfume more fragrant than spices. What's going on? Do you hear in Solomon's voice the ability that his bride has to communicate her love for him? Now, what does that mean? Ladies, you need to understand for most men, okay, generality, but for most men, the place they feel the most loved, the experience at which you communicate your love for them the strongest is when you have intimacy with them. So when you go to bed at night and you say, Honey, I just don't feel like it. What they hear is, I guess she doesn't love me. That's the translation. Because men tend to understand and receive love by virtue of that physical sexual intimacy. Now, I'm not telling you that every time he's got the idea, you have to say, okay, I don't want to tell him I don't love him, you know. No. But you have to be able to understand the importance of when and how you say, not tonight, honey, right? You, you need to be able to communicate with them and say, listen, this isn't about how much I love you. It's just about a long day. I just don't you know, physically feel up to it, whatever, the, whatever it may be in your life. But you need to be able to communicate that in a way that doesn't destroy them, okay? And, and just a hint, if you happen to say, honey, not tonight. How about tomorrow night? You better remember that tomorrow night. Okay? Because guess what? They've been thinking about it all day. Okay? <laughs> remember that light switch. They've been thinking about it all day. Okay? Just so you know. Right? But it's just important to understand that our physical intimacy is, is just a profound communicator of of our love. and And men especially understand their love in that communication keep in mind all of this that we're talking about now all of this is taking place within the covenant of marriage right it's his wedding day Solomon's wedding day it's all happening in the covenant of marriage and this is what separates us from the world Okay, marriage is that place that God designed for sexual intimacy that's just the way it is he designed it there Solomon is acknowledging that on his honeymoon night. He says, you are my private garden, my treasure, my bride, a secluded spring, a hidden fountain. What's he doing? He understands the great gift he is about to receive, that his bride has saved herself for him, and this is a gift now he's going to receive. God's design is that sexual intimacy happened within marriage. What's important for us to understand is the best place for you to experience absolute, total sexual fulfillment is inside your marriage. Now, why is that important? Because the world would want to tell us that all we have to do is look outside of our marriage, and there's always going to be somebody else who can come into our lives and be attractive and desirous and lead us into an affair. And somehow we think about that and we convince ourselves that that's the place we're really going to be fulfilled sexually. And it's false. It's just not true. The greatest place for us to experience fulfillment of our intimacy is inside our marriage. Because that's the place we can talk about it. We can grow together in understanding each other. We can grow together in figuring out what it means to... Yeah, turn that dimmer up, right? And what it means to turn the light switch on at the right time. Right? It's inside the covenant of marriage. And Solomon is rejoicing in the gift he has of being able to enjoy intimacy in his marriage. How's that apply? Okay, here's the hard one. You ready? How's that apply? It means that for us, unlike the world, our sexual intimacy is a place that We display the character and the fundamental framework of marriage. And the character and the fundamental framework of marriage is what? The wife is there to serve and lift up the husband. The husband is there to serve and lift up the wife. That we live for the other. This is what separates us apart from the world. When the world approaches sexual intimacy, how does it think? Well, it says sex is about my own self-gratification, right? It's about my own desires, my own gratification, my own needs. That's not the way it works for us. For us, in marriage, it's always about our partner. It's always about meeting the needs of our partner. It's always about elevating our partner. It's always about loving our partner. That's the way God designed marriage. And so when it comes to our intimacy, the same thing applies. So what happens with Solomon and his bride? In verse 16, it's the first time that his bride speaks. So up till now, she hasn't said a word. It's been Solomon just turning up the dimmer, okay? And she finally says in verse 16, Awake, north wind. Rise up, south wind. Blow on my gardens and spread its fragrance all around. Come into your garden, my love taste its finest fruits. What's she doing? She is saying, honey, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. She's inviting him to sexual intimacy. I'm here for you. This is the key for us. It's intimacy is not all about us. It's all about our spouse. Now how do we apply that? Well, the Apostle Paul applies it for us in First Corinthians 7. He says, The husband should fill the wife's sexual needs. The wife should fill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her own body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. So do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual industry for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. So we're going to be starting a new prayer circle for anybody that's interested. And uh, no, we're not going to do that, okay? (laughs) Boy, you were really listening, weren't you? Holy man! Wow! Well, okay. So if you're listening, notice I underlined. I underlined uh, two times one key word. Do you see what that word is? You willingly give. Willingly give. This isn't about authority and about mandate. This isn't about power. It's about willingly serving your spouse. How's that translate, ladies? It means there will be times when you may not feel in the mood and yet you'll need to love your husband. Now stay with me. Don't, don't shut me down yet. You ready, ladies? Keep going. Husbands, it means there will be times you will be in the mood and you need to serve your wife and you need to say, Honey, it's okay. We can do it another time. That's the way it works we give to each other because the other is always more important just like you're more important than God's own son it's the same thing he would give up his son he would put you first so we put each other first that's what we do and that's what makes our experiences different than the world and our intimacy different and all of that is God intended in the Song of Songs in the Song of Solomon This whole experience now comes to an end, and we've been listening to Solomon, and we've been listening to his bride, right? At the end of the night, at the end of their honeymoon night, another voice enters into the song. Another voice enters into the song, and that voice says, O lover and beloved, eat and drink, yes, drink deeply of your love. You see, intimacy, sexual intimacy, is part of God's design. It is a gift He gave to us to absolutely enjoy and grow in, to feed and encourage and strengthen our marriage relationships. So if nothing else, on the way home today, husbands and wives, sometime later this afternoon, I don't care when or how it happens, but would you do me the favor, do Solomon and his bride the favor, and just sit down and talk about it. Talk about it in your relationship. So it becomes everything God wanted it and desires it to be for you. Okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the gift, for the gift of relationship, for the gift of marriage and everything that it involves, including this gift of intimacy. And help us to connect with one another emotionally and physically so that we can truly serve one another as you have served us and given us so much to have new life in Jesus' name. So help us now and encourage us. We ask this through Jesus. Amen. All right. Hello. Yes. Okay. Um, So I think you've noticed we are the Encounter Youth Band. And uh, we are up here today because we're celebrating um, the graduates. And I'm pretty sure I'm the only one.